girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check. Questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Welcome to the Girlfriend Doctor Show, everyone. Today, I've got something special for you. We're going to talk about female sexual pleasure, and it doesn't matter how old we are, what stage of life we're in, or and beyond, and give you some great tips on maybe achieving that elusive orgasm more intensely than ever before. So I'm thrilled to be here with you. And on the couch today, virtually, we have Debbie Marielle Elzia, who is with us here from beautiful land in Colorado, Loveland, Colorado, and I'm thrilled to have her as she is a female sexual pleasure expert. Yes, well, welcome, Debbie. Good to have you here. Thank you so much, Dr. Anna, and thank you so much to your viewers and listeners out there. I'm delighted to be here. Well, we're going to get right into it. And one thing that you always say, Debbie, is that like female sexual pleasure is an art a skill, and a science. So let's talk about that and and how it all works together. Sure, sure. Yeah, female sexuality is, it can be complex. And if it's not working to your, you know, your dream and what you expect, it's, you're not broken. It's just that there's a lot of components to it. And one is, you know, the science of it. And it's the anatomy that we have innies rather than a man's Audi. And that our female parts actually are homologous and correspond to like the, the male parts at, at early stages in, in development as you know fetuses they're the same and then they branch into the, the same so there's a lot of knowledge to be involved in the science and also female sexual pleasure has something it's something that has not really been very well studied until recently and that is like for instance the cl- people men have walked on the moon for 30 years before the actual clitoral network was mapped and it was understood that the clitoris is not like little bean like structure, but is instead, that is just the tip of the iceberg with as much erectile tissue as a man has, but 90% of it under the surface. So understanding the science is really important. And And then there's also the issue of hormones. That is so true. And the clitoris in itself is several centimeters long, as well as contains over 9,000 nerve endings. I mean, it is a pleasure zone. It is one of the many erogenous zones of our body and, um, and, and should not be underestimated. Exactly. And then, of course, your expertise falls under hormones. So there's the science of the hormones, which so impact our mood and our desire. And it means it's cyclical over not only the course of the month, but over the course of our lifetime, you know, especially now we are in the menopause era and our sex drive, our libido does typically fall off, but that is also healthy and normal. But that doesn't mean that we don't fight for our sexuality. We still got an average of 30 more juicy years left after menopause, and we don't want to give up that sexy time in our lives. And so so that's um, an emphasis, too, for both you and me, which is how to keep things sexy, even, you know, when hormones start to drop off there. 
And that's so important. I mean, this is a second career for you, right? You entered this path because you yourself struggled. You hit menopause, met the love of your life, and then what? So I was in, um, yes, I, I was an attorney and I was in the IT field and I was in a sexless marriage for about 10 years and his choice, <laughs> it being sexless was definitely his choice. And then, you know, got divorced, was a single mom. And then I finally meet the love of my life, who is my husband, David, and I'm so attracted to him. And then I hit menopause, like practically on my wedding day is like, it's, you know, and like so many of us, my organic desire just fell off a cliff and by a lot of my responses and things. And I said, Oh, hell no, I am not going to let this happen. So I started doing, you know, research into this. I went to, we started taking up sacred, sacred sexuality together. And I got inspired um, to pursue because my passion project, which is helping other women to have not just beautiful sex lives physically, but to have the emotional connected sex lives that they desire. And I learned that um, there's something called sex coaching. And I invested a lot in learning how to be both a life coach and a sexuality embodied sexuality specialist so that I could help people to, you know, keep their relationships great, stay together, don't break up and, you know, have, you know, harm your, your kids. Let's stay together and rock each other's world because talk is overrated in many ways, right? Conversation. And I think a lot of couples, if they could get the sex and intimacy part of their love life right, then they'll find so much more happiness together. So that was my inspiration was my own menopause. And uh, I, you know, I love sex. <laughs> I love sex with my husband, but it is different after, after this state. And so we'll talk as much as we can in this little brief time we have together about making sex connected and beautiful and enjoyable, even though, you know, it, it is, it does change with the stage of life. It absolutely does change, of course, with our hormones, but it can be uh, really once you tap into that energy of sex, right? Enough of mm -hmm. the sports sex, right? That's, you know, enough of the sports sex. And I love to talk and I teach this in sexual CPR, my program about energetic sex, right? Really mm -hmm. tapping into the energy of sex where, you know, two bodies become as if one. And it's an energetic connection that you can really tap into as you deepen your intimacy and your connection with a, with your partner. And I think this is really special because we do, like you mentioned, years of a sexless marriage. I've, I entered this um, realm of sexual health as well from my own personal struggles too, as well as thousands and thousands of patients that I've helped. And so, I mean, it, being able to revive a sexless marriage and understanding what went wrong and and really understanding your own pleasure and tapping into your own pleasure. I always tell women that um, how can you expect him to please you if you don't know what pleases you? And, ah. and mm -hmm. I think yes. that's just so, that really is, is like part of the foundation. So let's talk about reinvigorating our sex life. What are some steps that yeah. we can take to reinvigorate the sex life so that we, we do, you know, either stay at a high level of intimacy or revive that intimacy? 
Yeah. Now you're talking about the art. So we briefly talked about the uh, the science, you know, having to do with the anatomy, the hormones, the female brain. And now you're talking about the art, which is what does this particular female need to to not only feel physical pleasure, but to feel emotional connected and to get our needs met. And we often have these emotional ideas in our minds that we really want met. And it might be that we want to feel cherished and desired, but it also mean might mean we feel want to feel playful or naughty or you know um I, you know any any number of things every woman is different so that is the art is exploring what it is that you want to feel from making love and i really prefer the term making love uh, whenever possible, what is it that you want to feel out of making love? And what are the themes and the scenarios and the types of touch and the types of connection and stimulation that it takes to get you there? And that is largely the art and also why it is a learned skill, because how do you know these things if you haven't thought about it? And if you haven't practiced it and practiced asking from your partner what you want in a way that feels like we're sexual explorers or we're doing this out of love rather than feeling like it's criticism. Um, so that, that's also an art, how to get what you want from your partner in a way that is connecting and not criticizing. So give us three, tip, three tips on that, three tips to reinvigorate the sex life. So bodies go numb from lack of touch or from trauma, you know, if you have a history of trauma and things like that. So one of the first things would be how do you reinvigorate your senses? And senses don't, you know, mean just going straight for the genitals, but you know, how can you start with mindful touch and really increase your sensitivity to energy. Um, like you, you mentioned, I love the topic of energetic sex. My husband can make me scream with just his eyes. He doesn't even need to touch me. That's how energetically in tuned we are together. So thinking of different ways to look at you know, orgasm and sexual pleasure rather than just like being very goal oriented. So one would be in embodiment, it can, you know, increase your embodiment and your sensitivity to energy and to touch through mindful touch practices. Um, so uh, um, anything that also will help get you out of your head and into your five senses is important too. So that might be savoring, you know, um, savoring the, the, the sensual practices in life, noticing and paying attention because you, even though most of us are encouraged to be in our busy minds, like in our jobs require us to be in our minds all day long, sexual pleasure takes place in the body. So helping to focus on, you know, bodily sensations, sight, touch, taste, smell, um, are all going to increase your pleasure and also a mindful, uh, self-touch practice. So, uh, you know, Getting, you know, if, especially if you, you're reinvigorating and you haven't been um, active lovemaking for some time, you might examine why. Is it the quality of my relationship? Is it kind of fear or trauma or insecurity? Get to the root potentially in therapy or working with a coach of why you've not been enjoying sex. Maybe it's just you haven't been getting the kind of sex that turns you on that you like and you have to explore that way. But it could also be that, you know, the numbness and the uh, you need to increase your sensitivity. So there's there's, there's many things. Like I said, female sexuality is complicated. It doesn't mean you're broken, but it does mean you may need to invest 
time and effort and even money into your sex life like you would for your career or your education or your fitness. Sexual fitness is something that if you want to keep it, you know, it's something to invest in and you can create the magical sex life you desire and your partner will be equally thrilled when, you know, your desire and your interest comes back. Right, right. And I love this concept of female sexual, you know, our female sexuality and really understanding what does feel good to us and being able to communicate with that with our partner. And I know the sexless marriage, right? there's two people in this equation. We have a couple episodes coming up with Dr. Jeffrey Life, and we're going to be talking about men's sexual health, their desire, as well as erectile dysfunction issues and, and how to speak with it. Debbie, I want to thank you. And also we have a special um a special segment, Uncensored, in the Girlfriend Doctor Club for our audience um, with Debbie talking about enhancing the female orgasm. So really, no matter how old we are, we want to tap into the female orgasm and make it stronger and more vibrant and more energetic. It's not something we have to give up with age. Debbie, I want to thank you for being here for our audience. Check out Debbie and her coaching at moreintimacy.net, moreintimacy.net. Thanks for being with us today, Debbie. Thank you. Welcome everyone to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. I'm really excited about this episode because there is so much that we have to talk about when it comes to men's sexual health and it really is a tender issue. I mean, from the point of when a woman and a man are dealing with this drop off in intimacy, a decrease in sexual function, from how do we deal with that? How do we approach it, approach it with each other? That's an issue, right? And how do we restore sexual function and intimacy? So today we're going to be talking about men's sexual health. I ask you all the time, you know, you know that you can ask or tell me anything. Well, one of our girlfriends and our, our members and our girlfriend doctor club posted in our clubhouse, beautiful, brave Lois. And she says, you know, Dr. Anna, you say that I can ask and tell you anything. So here goes. She goes, first of all, now that my lady parts have rejoined the happiness it deserves and our intimacy, her and her husband's intimacy has improved 100%. Like, thank you, Jolva, right? Very, real good there. She goes, this is a question about his male parts. Years ago, we tried the blue pill and while it worked sufficiently, it bothered him enough to not really want to use it. And I agree. My husband is 61 and in excellent health. He could lose a few pounds, but we are working on that too. What our main hope is to find a more natural way to his, improve his, ahem, may I say it, erection. She says he does the typical, he has the, he does have the typical prostate stuff going on for a man of his age. So I'm sure that is the main culprit. She goes, all right, I put it out there, man that took courage and vulnerability, but he was all in for asking for a solution. So this is an issue that affects many, many couples and certainly uh, many marriages and can lead to a drop of intimacy. So to address this really tender issue and male sexual function, I have a dear friend, a longtime colleague, a gentleman I met in early 2000, who is literally a billboard sensation. I'm telling you, he has um, broken all stereotypes when it comes to Regener you know, regenerative medicine. He's been a leader in anti-aging medicine and on the forefront of men's sexual health on cover of men's magazines and also 
three times New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Jeffrey Light. He is known in his um, before and after photos, you may have seen him, in his mid-50s at age 57. We'll share this picture up of, of Jeff. And, you know, we lovingly say he was a heart attack waiting to happen. He wholeheartedly agrees. He had diabetes, was short of breath, walking up a flight of stairs. And as a physician and an expert in his field, he's like, I, I can't live this way. And now you see him in his 80s, just looking amazing amazing, looking awesome, and setting a very high bar for all men out there. You guys, bring in your guy. Bring him in now. Pen, paper handy. You want to take notes. You want to listen to this conversation. Welcome, Dr. Jeffrey Life. Good to have you here on my couch virtually. I wish we were in person. Good to see you. Thank you, Anna. Great to be here. Always great seeing you. Well, I, I know you deal with you deal with this and you've dealt with men's sexual health for decades. And this issue that Lois writes in about her and her husband having issues with sexual function, erectile function, from a men's perspective, I mean, there is so much that we can do about it, correct? Well, there is a lot you can do about it. And this happens not only to 60-year-olds and 70 and 80-year-olds, but it also happens to 30-year-olds probably some 20-year-olds as well. And, you know, the first thing that I always think about when someone com develops ED is vascular disease. So the, the absolute first thing that needs to be ruled out is blood vessel disease because, you know, the arteries to the penis are, are small arteries and they get blocked up before the arteries to the heart and brain get blocked up from atherosclerosis. So ED can be a precursor to a heart attack and stroke down the road five to 10 years later. I think that's so, a really important point to emphasize because like erectile dysfunction is a symptom often of, of vascular disease, heart disease, you know, diabetes, it's a symptom. And so not to just give Viagra, right? Well, yeah, Vi Viagra or the other ED drugs, I, Cialis, I like that. But first, you got to be sure that this is not a result of vascular disease. Um, and uh, so you need to make really sure that you don't have uh, ongoing uh, evidence that you're headed down this path of a heart attack or stroke, which, by the way, kills more men and women in this country than any other disease. So it's a huge problem. And so ED can be the first warning sign. That so when you say look for look for vascular disease, ultrasound, lab work. Well, yeah, you, the problem with vascular disease in America is it's, we, we basically have a wait until something bad happens. Um, and so what I do and what a lot of people that do what I do uh, are all about is detecting vascular disease early and then stepping in and doing a lot of things to change that course. And that, that's, that's really what the central part of my practice is all about. And I'm living proof that it can be changed because when I was, as Anna was saying, early on in my late mid to late 50s, I was in horrible shape. And I ended up having uh, vascular disease. I had heart disease. And I've been able to turn this all around. 
through lifestyle and through the right supplements and in some cases prescription drugs. So step number one with erectile dysfunction, and, and again, you are a role model and such an expert in this area. So step number one, rule out vascular disease. Correct. And then once that's ruled out, then uh, Viagra is a really good drug. I think Cialis actually does a better job. It's longer lasting, and you can actually take Cialis, low-dose Cialis every day, which will improve the blood supply to your penis, but also to every, everywhere else in your body, to your brain and your heart. And so I, I think it's a win-win across the board. Um, about low-dose Cialis, that's the five milligram daily dose? Whether it comes in two and a half or five, I, I think five is the, the optimal low-dose way to do this. Mm -hmm. And then you can always up that dose if, if you know you're gonna be sexually active two or three hours later, you know? So it's, it's, it's an amazing drug. So besides like when you were 57 and you're like, okay, I'm gonna turn this around. I'm having vascular disease, you know, you know, if, uh, sexual health issues, you know, the pre-diabetes or diabetes, early diabetes, you, you know, what were your steps and what do you now do with your patients? Well, my blood pressure was high. So I've worked hard to get my blood pressure down. That has actually required medication as well. Blood pressures in the morning for men and women should be in the one teens over the 70s or even upper 60s. And it's really important that people uh, manage their, their blood pressures well. Uh, it's, it's a silent killer. It's, it's a silent cause of ED. It's a silent cause of heart attacks and strokes. And so people need to know what their blood pressures are. And the best time is in the morning when you get up, you sit down and you relax for five minutes and then, then you get your blood pressure checked. Yeah, I, I agree. And so optimizing that. And then you went on a, um, you went on a physical fitness regimen. And certainly nutrition is huge in your practice. That's one of the tenets, nutrition, exercise, and hormones are um, some three core philosophies, as well as supplementation. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, you went on to win the Body for Life competition. I did that at the age just before I turned 60, and that just really changed my life. I transformed myself from this fat guy to a, re to a really fit, lean guy. It took me uh, about nine months, and I've been able to keep it that way, but it's uh, it's always a struggle, you know, Ex being on an exercise program, consistent exercise program and eating program re requires a lot of discipline. And so I, I teach my patients what to do if they get off track or if, and how to get back on track really fast. So exercise is a crucial part of of, of avoiding ED or getting on top of ED and re re returning your uh, function. And it's a combination of resistance training, which is lifting weights, and then cardio, which is getting your heart rate up to a level that really exercises your heart and lungs. And people need to get 150, at least 150 minutes of cardio in a week. And then weightlifting can be an hour, maybe three or four times a week. 
And that's what I, I do. That's what I've been doing since, since I was in my late 50s. And, and it, it, it really works. Yeah, and a good example of that. And I remember in a, one of our earlier conversations, and I think we, we have a special on with you in men's sexual health in our sexual CPR program. And I believe you told me that you'll get on your bike and, and watch the you know latest episode of a movie that you just love. And you won't watch it unless you're riding your bike. That's how I've been able to, to keep consistent with my cardio. Uh, I love that. I, I learned a long time ago that uh, if I watch a, an action DVD, that it takes my mind off how many hills I have to go through on, uh, on my exercise bike. So I watch action DVDs. I download the whole, whole season, and each of these is 45 minutes long, almost always. And so I, I ride my bike for 45 minutes, and then I add a five-minute cool down. And that's an easy way to get in 150 minutes a week of cardio. Uh, uh-huh. And it's really, I'm alive today because of my exercise bikes. And, and all you of know, that, yeah, you know, and your weight-bearing exercises, your muscle, you know, really focusing on pushing, pushing your strength exercises as well. That's right. Resistance training is really important. You know, pe- people, men and women, will lose muscle mass as they age. And that actually has a, a term called sarcopenia, a medical term. And there are a lot of scientists that believe sarcopenia is an absolute. You can't avoid it. And that's absolutely not true. So I have been able to maintain or actually increase my muscle mass as I've gotten older. And today at age 82, I have as much muscle mass or a little more than I had when I was in my 60s and 50s. And I have a whole lot more muscle mass than I had when I was in my 30s and 40s. That's and my awesome. strength has not gone down either. And so it, people must do strength training as they age. The older you get, the more important it is that you do these. The, the right amount of cardio and the right amount of strength training. I agree. And sometimes a friend told me once, you've got to earn your walks and your yoga class. You've got to lift some weights, do some squats, pick up some. And and back in the Navy, when I used to work there, they called it pumping pig because the old weights were pig iron, right? So like you you have to have to do that. And the other thing you always say, so, okay, so we're going to focus on nutrition. Our audience knows keto green for men, keto green for women. You're a big proponent of very healthy, balanced, low carbohydrate, healthy, high quality protein, healthy fat diet for men and um and then they're going to weight bear strength train and do their cardio and they are going to rule out cardiovascular disease get this optimized and one thing you always say too is a flexible man uh, is a sexual man and i said that to a friend the other day and he goes do you mean a rigid man is a sexual man i'm like no (laughs) and i i learned that from my pilates instructor I, I saw uh, her doing in another adjoining room from the gym. I saw her putting uh, one of her clients through uh, exercises that on these machines. And I thought, I wonder what this is all about. So after she finished, I asked her and she told me, this is Pilates, started by Joseph Pilates back in the early 1900s. She said, why don't you come in tomorrow, Dr. Life, and I'll give you a free lesson. So I showed up and she starts putting me through all these different things. And it was all about stretching and flexibility. 
And I said, you know, this is really about stretching and flexibility. And she says, that's absolutely right. She said, Dr. Life, a flexible man is a sexual man. She had you for life at that point. <laughs> I signed up and I've been doing Pilates ever since. I love that. All right. So we're going to write, you're a physician and or your patient comes in, 61-year-old spouse of our dear friend Lois, and we've ruled out cardiovascular disease, optimized his blood pressure. He's doing keto green. He's losing weight. We've got him in the gym. Now, what are you going to prescribe? Looking at his hormones and supplements, um, well, what's on that prescription pad? testosterone level is probably declining. You know, men's testosterone level gradually declines starting about age 35. And so they, they go through andropause, which is different than menopause. It's the same outcome, but menopause happens pretty abruptly. And women can, as you all know, can tell you almost to the month when this all, when the change started. Well, with andropause, it creeps into a guy's life. It's very insidious and very subtle. And they start noticing that they're gaining fat, a lot of belly fat. They start noticing that their sex drive is declining. They start noticing problems like ED. They just can't get it up like they used to. And they think this is because of their age. And they'll go to their doctor and they'll say, and then, patient will say, you know, I, I really would like to know what my testosterone level is. I've heard that low T can cause all this. And so the doctor, in some cases reluctantly, will order a blood test. And that test will come back. And, and the doctor will say, well, you know, Joe, you, your test is normal. You are normal. Well, what Do the doctor we doesn't be normal? tell no. is that He's a D student when it comes to his testosterone, his testosterone level. Maybe, maybe a D minus student. Mm -hmm. Now, who wants to go through their life being a D or D minus student? So if this particular patient were to go on testosterone and get his level up to where it should be, like in the upper, uh, close to 1,000, 800, 900, it would completely change everything for him. He would enjoy exercising. He would be back to having a strong libido. His erectile performance would improve dramatically. Uh, his his uh, sense of well-being would come back and it changes everything. And that's, that's a big part of what I do. And more and more doctors are doing this, but it's taken 15 or 20 years before um, the, the medical profession has begun, begun to accept this as a proper way to care for their aging male population. You have an age limit and, on that. Do you have an age limit where you're like, nope, you don't get testosterone? No age limit. And I want to say too, with you emphasize the um, you know, 800, 900, you know, up to 1,000 range versus 1,200, 1,300, 1,800 that some clinics are pushing their clients towards. And I'm, I'm at that 600 to 900 optimal range, depending on where that testosterone's going. And, and I think that's it's important to look at because it will convert to estrogen, convert to dihydrotestosterone. So keeping that healthy testosterone level, I agree, is is paramount for well-being and also recognizing, though, Physiology drives behavior. Testosterone can cause increase in 
dopamine-seeking or novelty-seeking behaviors if it's too high, as well as agitation and angry. So we don't want affairs. We don't want fights. We want loving, healthy, happy men. Exactly. So we're going to prescribe some testosterone. Typically, are you doing injections? That's what I do. I do injections. I think that's far superior to creams and gels and patches and and also pellets. Uh, I have my patients inject once or twice a, a week and it just works well. We get to level up to where it should be. And I, I'm, I don't shoot for a certain number. I, I really go by how they're feeling. And men, men with low testosterone levels, like in the 200s or even 100s or even low 300s, will improve dramatically with testosterone injections. It's, it's dramatic. Yes. And, and it just changes their lives almost within a week or two. And then I continue to monitor them on a regular basis to make sure that, that their levels are, are, are where I want them. And that's, that's a big part of what I do. And, and you know, there's really a, a huge benefits to this. First of all, it reduces men's risk for prostate cancer. Reduces. Does not increase the risk for prostate cancer. Secondly, it reduces men's risk for heart attack or stroke. Does not increase their risk for heart attack or stroke. And so we've learned this over the last 10 to 15 years. Healthy testosterone levels are important for healthy aging and, and for avoiding all of the age-related diseases. And so it's a win-win. It truly is. One of the few things that it's a win-win. I agree 100%, and, and you do it in a very logical way. I appreciate that. We're going to come right back and talk about premature ejaculation. So I want to hit this topic with you. And as we wrapped up erectile dysfunction, I mean, I think there, there are so many things. So we have the testosterone, the exercise, right? The um, cardio, all of that, that it can turn around. We can just level that up and see an improvement in erectile dysfunction. Now, I've used, and we have some men's sexual health packets. Really, it's heart health packets, because, right, help the heart help the vascular, help the blood, you know, your, your vascular system, you're helping the penis, to be honest, right? Help the heart, help the penis. It's all connected. Yeah. So, so we've got that there. And, um, and with that, we use some supplement like our Mighty Maca Plus so that, you know, support the adrenal glands and detox, support detox in our body. So we, that's part of my triad. Arginine or to increase nat nitric oxide naturally, just like Cialis is doing or Viagra is doing. And then just a good multivitamin with methylated B vitamins and um, and how you know how beneficial that is. And if we need to, we'll add additional DHEA as well. I like to add DHEA in my guys too because that will also naturally convert to testosterone and have other benefits as well. So those are additional things that I do with men for sexual health. And I I know you're on board with that, and I appreciate it. Um, for our audience, you guys, Doctor Life is still practicing. He's in his 80s. You got to check out his videos at DoctorLife.com at Doctor Life. Com. And we'll be back in just another uh, second to talk about premature ejaculation. All right, Dr. Life, we're going to hit this topic of premature ejaculation. And I know it's a really big issue for men, and it's a very uh, difficult one to sometimes overcome. Will you talk about how you address and help patients with premature ejaculation? Well, 
premature ejaculation is a problem. Um, and so I, I really promote for, for good sexual health and erectile performance. I, I encourage men to start learning how to do Kegel exercises. You know, this is really familiar with women. They're taught by their gynecologists and obstetricians to do Kegels. Well, you know, it works really well for men too. And so I teach them how to how to contract their pubococcygeal muscles. And, and then I talk to them about the different kinds of Kegels, the slow Kegels, the fast Kegels, uh, the big move Kegels, and then the fluttering Kegels. These are, I talk about these in my book. You know, th this is an Let's exercise. That, yeah, that Kegel, that men's Kegel exercises. Okay, you know, teach me how to do it if I was a guy. All right, so I guess I guess one of the best ways to to, to know what muscles to contract would be to uh, when a guy's urinating to stop the stream and start the stream. Just stop it. In order to stop it, you need to contract your pubococcygeal muscles. You need to do a Kegel exercise, and to start it up, you relax those muscles, and that's that's one way to. Uh, to really know what what muscles you need to work on. Another way is to walk into the Pacific Ocean uh, about this time of year uh, <laughs> uh, with your bathing suit on and walk in, walk in and get deeper and deeper and then all of a sudden you'll realize what your Kegel uh, muscles are doing. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm having a good visual there. Thank you. And you know, Kegel exercises, you can exercise when no one knows it, you can be sitting mine. in a meeting. I don't know if you could tell, you but I was doing mine. Rip off, rip off a bunch of Kegels. You can do, <laughs> uh, and at first, you, it's it's really hard to, to do more than two or three reps. But then as you get good at it, you can do uh, repeats. You can do 10, 12, 15 contractions. And you can just be sitting there pretending you're enjoying this meeting and you can rip off a whole series of Kegels. You can be sitting in a traffic light and do the same. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an exercise that you can really work on without anyone knowing it. And so I encourage my patients to learn how to do that. And, really, and then this not only helps with premature ejaculations, it helps with everything. It helps with orgasm. A guy's orgasm is much more powerful if he has well-developed pubococcygeal muscles. And so it's a win-win for men, for women and men to really know how to work those muscles and build those muscles up. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what else can help with premature ejaculation? Definitely the Kegel exercises, optimizing their testosterone, not too high, not too low as well, correct? That's correct. And then working with their partner, I mean, it's 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 a it's a team effort, and to, same with uh, impotence. I mean, if if a guy is is uh, unable to get an erection, many times it's just because he's nervous or he's got he's got some psychological issues. So if he works with his partner and they work together on it, it, it really helps. Uh, helps correct premature ejaculation and helps promote 
a you know a, a, an orgasm and, and, and a good erect penis. All right, and, um, and and then if all that fails, you need to a guy needs to go to the urologist that deals with this, and so he, he should make an appointment, and he should ask prior to the appointment if this particular urologist deals with this and knows how to treat this. That's a good point because they don't all know how to address this issue and it's important. And again, from the sexual health side, using constrictors around the penis at the base of the penis, that definitely helps to maintain the blood flow. Okay, I just have a curiosity question, Jeff. When How old is the oldest person that's come in to see you, had erectile issues, and then you were able to help them reverse that and have spontaneous erections again? Um... I think I have an 89-year-old patient that is sexually active. I, successfully, I'm glad successfully to hear sexually it. Active. I have several in their lower, early 80s, and then a whole bunch in their 70s, 60s, 50s, and 40s. You know, ED is a big problem that guys don't like to talk about. They, they don't want to admit it. Um, that's so true but it but it's and medications can be a cause of it uh psychosocial issues uh, you know political situations can suck the energy right out of you as we all know and then you got this covid virus going on that really has crippled everyone's ability to move around so all these things play into it and uh, i think talking about this with your significant other and having open conversations with that with that person really helps well that's kind of I agree. And we actually have a special with you in uh, the Girlfriend Doctor Club. And we're going to talk about how to bring up this subject in a very loving way with our partner because there's no area male or female that is more vulnerable than our sexual health and our sexual intimacy and pleasure i mean this is such a vulnerable area for couples so i want to bring you inside the girlfriend doctor club for a special exclusive on how we talk about this so i want to thank you we've got some great tips in our earlier episode on erectile dysfunction and now on premature ejaculation and the fact that we are talking about this i mean this is such good stuff. This is so important. I, I thank you for the work you do. And I look forward to seeing you inside the Girlfriend Doctor Club. Um, and for our audience, Dr. Jeffrey Life in practice and MD been in clinical medicine for 40, 50, 50, 50 years. Check out his information. He, again, still sees patients at drlife, drlife.com. And you got to watch his videos because, I mean, they are just incredible and you see what he's doing. And I, we sat on a scientific board together. And one time I was like, uh, Jeff, can I just touch your abs? Are they Photoshopped? And he's like, yeah, go ahead and touched your abs. I'm like, oh my God, just incredible abs. So <laughs> I love telling that story. Anyway, all right. Thank you all for being here on the Girlfriend and Doctor show. And I look forward to seeing you next time. More to come. Be sure to join us in the Girlfriend Doctor Clubhouse where we get this uncensored content with these amazing experts. All right. See you on the inside.